Hello from Cybrary, and welcome to the show. If you've been enjoying the Cybrary podcast or 401 Access Denied, then make sure to like, follow, and subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Join the discussion by leaving us a comment or review on your platform of choice or emailing us at podcast at cybrary.it. From all of us at Cybrary, thank you and enjoy the show. Ready to take a career transition from the military to IT? How can veterans effectively communicate transferable skills that stand out in the competitive cybersecurity industry? Cyber Insider Pro Community Manager Tim Ramirez shares how he started a new career path after serving 12 years in the U.S. Air Force. Learn about how he began a three-year IT master's program with no IT experience, managed his expectations on the job market, and finally passed the CISSP exam. everybody and welcome back to the Cyberry podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Tim Ramirez. How are you doing today, Tim? I'm good, Thor. Thank you for having me. Uh, good to go. Uh, yeah, it's uh, great to have you on the show. And uh, what are we going to be talking about today, Tim? Uh, so today uh, I'd like to talk about just my experience uh, in the, using my experience as a veteran, um, going from a law enforcement security background, um, committing to the decision to separate from the military with absolutely zero IT experience, uh, jumping into a master's program, and kind of just diving headfirst into the void of IT. And uh, kind of just tell veterans, it's not impossible. The career change is available. It just takes a little bit of work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we talked a, a lot offline about this topic, um, kind of going back and forth. And, you know, just to kind of start, you know, um, what what uh, service branch were you in? Uh, I was I served in the United States Air Force for 11 and a half years. OK. And then when you made that transition to IT, you had zero IT cybersecurity experience, none. Absolutely none. My uh, <laughs> my 11 and a half years was law enforcement uh Security specialist type in type roles, um, air base defense, nothing relatively close to cybersecurity or <laughs> IT in general. Um, yeah, and that, uh, we'll we'll kind of come back to that um, security principles and stuff in, in a little bit. But you know, so you went from eleven and a half years of service, and then you jumped right into a three year master program, right? Yes. Uh, so I was stationed at uh, Fort Dix, New Jersey. And uh, upon arrival there, I was sent there to be a, uh, a what they call a unit, United States Air Force Phoenix Raven instructor. And after a few months, I realized it, my heart just wasn't in it anymore. Uh, I didn't want to be an instructor. Um, I didn't want a career in law enforcement or security because from my perspective, they seemed limited. And, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, there, there's room for growth, but it takes a lot of work coming in at you. As a veteran, yeah, there's opportunities out there, but I just wanted something different, a different challenge, something yeah. with longevity, and then something new to me, a new challenge. And everyone knows IT is is one of the biggest, you know, um, job sectors out there right now, and it's something that interests me. So I started diving in and studying, you know, IT, and I already had a bachelor's in criminal justice, and so I tried to like get another bachelor's. In computer science, but uh, the VA, not the VA, but the education center on base said, you already have a bachelor's degree. You have to go up to a master's program. And that kind of, you know, you get a lump <laughs> in your throat like, uh, okay. And so I did my research and then I applied at Wilmington University 
up in Delaware, close to Jersey, and started uh, the program there. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they're like, oh, you can't get the bachelor's. You've already had one of those. We got to kick you up to the next level. So, you know, you were trying to go not even entry level bachelor's and then, nope, you got to go to the next level up. Um, I mean, what was the the most difficult thing when you kind of first jumped in? I mean, there's so many acronyms and so many things in the industry. I mean, what was kind of those early hurdles that you remember? Breaking down the information, uh, like the very first class I took, I can't remember. I think it was, it, actually it was uh, um, IT program management. So I was like, okay, management, I manage, you know, airmen and different programs in the Air Force. So I should be good. And boy, was I wrong. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is extremely different. So it took a, a lot of reading, a lot of studying away from the the course material to understand the course material, like what they were talking about, like, you know, different cybersecurity, networking, how to manage those type of programs and stuff of that nature. And then you have to learn the different program uh, management models, whether it's like agile, waterfall, how they apply to IT. So my first class, I definitely feel, felt like I bit off more than I could chew. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. I mean, just all of the supplemental learning you have to do just to learn what you're supposed to be learning. You yeah. know, all, all the things that you need to, you know, all network things and how everything works together and how infrastructure works and all of those things that you just kind of have to compile and learn on your own so that the lesson that you're in makes sense and you can kind of go front to back and not feel like you're missing anything. Yeah, because you're expected to know all this stuff already from your previous studies. And all my stuff was just administration, law enforcement. So it was very, it wasn't very hard. It just took a lot of time and dedication. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way I, I countered that was, you know, people in the military on the weekends, they like to, you know, go visit, you know, in that area, go visit Philadelphia, you know, Atlantic City and, you know, enjoy themselves. Well, I spent my days at uh, Barnes and Nobles at 10 in the morning. <laughs> and I go get books that uh, that would help me close that gap, and I would stay there from ten in the morning to six p.m. Just drinking coffee, water, eating, and kind of just trucking through these these books, uh, looking at different tools they would talk about, and then I'd go home that evening and try to complete the coursework assignments. So, yeah, do you remember any of those like uh, the books or what you were kind of trying to supplement yourself with? Actually, I have a few of them here. One is a basic <laughs> learn TCIP in 24 hours. Um, I have a few of them I've kept into my bookshelf, um, never getting rid of just because they were so, they're still full of notes, full of highlights, little yeah. markers. So I still have <laughs> quite a few of them. Uh, well, it's good. I mean, it's good to be able to to look back and, you know, at least flip through it every now and then because, uh, you know, you don't, can't it, remember everything. It, it gives me that nostalgic feeling to where I was stressing before, like, I, I'm not getting this. Uh, okay, let me reread it. And so now I can pick it up like, oh, I know that. Mm-hmm. I go, that that's that's second nature to me now. Yeah. Almost. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> and so how long ago did you complete your master's program? Uh, I completed my master's program in uh, May of 2017. Okay. So you've been, and, and when did you get your first like IT cybersecurity role? See, so my first uh, IT role was an information security manager for uh, the United States Air Force as a civilian. Um, six months out after separating from the military, you know, I was doing my studying, doing my master's core work, and I was applying for jobs left and right. Anything from help desk, mm-hmm. service desk, uh, IT technician, and uh, I still have all those resumes on the hard drive because I tailored them to each job, and nothing bit. 
But uh, eventually, I got offered a GS-11 position with the United States Air Force on Medical Operations Agency as their information security manager. And, you know, I took it. I seen that as a, a portal to IT. So I took it. And a lot of it was access mm-hmm. management uh, based and security yeah. based because we dealt with secret and classified information. So I was a manager of most of that material and accesses. Okay. And so, I mean, uh, so you've been in the industry for, you know, three, four years now at this point. Um, how does it feel to kind of go through the program, kind of starting from zero and, you know, four or five years later, you know, completely different uh, lifestyle and work? I, I, I feel very uh, fortunate, to be honest with you. Like, you know, I worked hard, you know, through my master's program. And then when I got out of the military, I took that six months off and I just focused on my coursework. And Luckily, you know, nothing was biting. It got to the point where I was like, well, maybe I should just apply for San Antonio Police Department. You know, maybe I should just be mm-hmm. a cop. But then that information security job passed down to me. So I just felt like, okay, I'm doing something right. So let me keep going. And uh, I did yeah. that I did that role for three years. But after a while, I was looking to jump to something else. And as the information security man- manager, we handled a lot of the Air Force's uh, contracts. And uh, one of the contracts was an IT service and support. And uh, I worked I worked with a lot of those people uh, really closely because we shared the same like workspace. And uh, the project manager, the manager at the time was, hey, I'm, you know, I'm moving to a better job. So that whole staff of 20 people was going to be left without a manager. Having mm-hmm. just completed my master's, you know, doing different coursework, focusing on my security plus and uh, the Microsoft fundamentals uh certification at that time, I said, you know what, I'm going to apply for it. So I applied for that job with this contract company. And a lot of people told me it was a risky move because Mm -hmm. you have the safety of a government job, you know, as a GS 11, which is, you know, a GS 11 is, you know, it's a good position. It's a, it's a good salary. It's a good position to have, but for someone that wants to stay static, I didn't want to stay static. I wanted mm-hmm. you know, to. I wanted career progression. I wanted growth. So I took the leap to going over from a government job to a contracting job. And uh, the worst part about this contract, mm-hmm. it was on the last year of its contract. So the Air Ooh. Force had the choice. Hey, regardless of how it performed, we could you know this contract could be gone in a year, and I could be out of a job potentially. So at that point, I said, you know what? Yep, I'll apply for it. And after a couple interviews, uh, I ended up getting offered the job and I didn't hesitate. I was like, I'll take it because this is, you know, a blessing, a pathway into IT even further as a manager. So I took it and uh, I'll be honest to say what I did with with that contract, we we turned it around inside 12 months. Uh, We turned it around greatly as far as services support, just the technicians we brought aboard. Uh, One of my big initiatives was to hire veterans, Uh, bring those veterans looking for a way into IT, just like I was. And uh, Mm -hmm. that that year experience, it had ups and downs, don't get me wrong. Working with the government can be a bit frustrating because it's kind of do as I say. And, you know, you're obligated by contract, even if it's, you know, it it breaches a uh, your basic security knowledge or IT fundamentals type stuff, you know, like say for example, 
privilege accounts. You know, they wanted privilege accounts for everyone, but you can't do that on an Air Force network. You know, you're you're going to get in trouble. But it was, yep. well, we're telling you to do it. So, or using licenses that we didn't have. But in that year, uh, I felt a lot of growth in management, in IT especially. And uh, it worked out great for me. That was a that was a blessing and then a good opportunity to really dive into IT project management or IT management cybersecurity as a whole. And I think it set the pace for where I'm at now. Yeah, I mean, that's all... Everything you said is fantastic and like a great story just, you know, from start to finish, like how you, you know, made the change, jumped into the master's program, did kind of the learning on your own, what was best for you, um, and then, you know, applied for a, a job just within reach that, you know, that you're skilled for. But, you know, like you said, I mean, the the contract might be ending. There's all these maybe don't do it things in your head, but no, like I, I want to learn more. I want to do something else. I want to change. I want to grow you know, so you applied for that job and now you've been there for um, at least a year. How, how long are, I'm, are you, I'm guessing you're still there? No, I, I did that job for a year. And uh, after a year or so, there was a lot of talk about the contract not being renewed and they were going to minimize the manning. And mm-hmm. I kind of gave them my two, my two cents. Like if you, you know, you, you take away the manning for over a thousand users, you're going to have shortfalls. And yep. Another contract, uh, another individual who I was working with at the time, um, his name, Mr. Dwayne Brown, he reached out to me. He's like, hey, um, would you like to come work for me? And I was like, okay, doing what? He's like, same thing, managing, uh, you know, IT projects for uh, for medical facilities uh, as they transition over to a new network from their previous one. You know, it was a pay raise. It was a big opportunity, uh, higher visibility. And it was one of those things. It was a phone call. He's like, you want a job? He's like, I'd like to have you aboard. And it took me about 30 minutes. We're like, yes, you know, I'll accept that job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, again, another big step in IT management going from a small service desk of about, say, a thousand users with 20 uh, 20 employees. And I go over to managing, uh, I believe I had seven different medical treatment facilities throughout the U.S. that I helped manage and implement their network migrations from their previous uh, network setup to a whole new initiative that the DOD was taking. So that was a big leap. But uh, again, taking risks, I said, I'll, I'll do it. You know, it was an opportunity yeah. to learn from a, from a retired lieutenant colonel, uh, a great company after doing the research. So I, I took that leap and I was in that position for roughly two years, a little over two years. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it's, uh, like I said, I mean, your journey is really kind of inspiring and that's something that you wanted to come on, you know, as you're building yourself up, you want to make sure that the people behind you also have, you know, know what they're able to do and, you know, the, especially the veterans, what opportunities are open to them and what skills that they have now that they might not think you know, uh, connect to IT or cybersecurity, but actually do. I mean, that's something you and me were touching on before. You know, one of the main things you wanted to touch on, um, I know we had discussed, was that you were an enlisted person. You weren't an officer. Yeah. yeah. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So like, uh, you know, you hear a lot of stories, you know, officers, when they retire, you know, they, they pretty much, they lay out their foundation for their separation or their retirement and boom, they're in another job. For the enlisted part, sometimes it's a little bit harder because it's hard to take that leap. You get so mm-hmm. you're so used to the military life and the thought of going to civilian life kind of scares some. Some it excites, some scares. But mm-hmm. uh, and then you have those that 
what do I do after I get out? Uh, do I want to do IT? Um, for those that were security forces like me, you know, looking to get into IT, once you once you like start looking at the surface, you're going to realize a lot of those security principles apply in cybersecurity. So that kind of gives you a leg up, a leg mm-hmm. a leg up on, on the competition, and the knowledge is a little bit easier to break down. Uh, another advantage a lot of enlisted veterans have is we all carry security clearances. And in the IT world, if you yes. have a security clearance and some IT knowledge, you have you have a step ahead of a lot of people because companies will be like, that's mm-hmm. an active clearance. He has basic IT knowledge. Let's bring him aboard. The the thing with the veterans I emphasize to do is if it's, IT is something you really want to do and you're, say, two years from separation or one year from separation, utilize the resources that are available to you as active duty. Uh, first one I'd like to hit on is I know they pay for a certification uh, a certification course up to like $4,500. Well, while you're doing that transition and you're learning that fundamental cybersecurity or IT information, get the Air Force to, to front the bill for your, your security plus, your baseline, you know, cybersecurity, uh, your baseline cybersecurity certification. Because if you get out with a security plus and, and a security clearance, you can easily obtain a job, whether it be in any, if you want to go back, say, to San Antonio, which is a huge place for IT, jobs are everywhere and they're always looking for people. If you have a security plus and a security clearance, you, you'll, you won't be employed long, unemployed long upon transition. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm glad you kind of brought up the, the security clearance because uh, that's something other people have, you know, civilians can get. But it's uh, I know a lot of people that that were in the military, got out and then once their security clearance um expired, they just didn't want to go through the hassle to re-up to get it again. And so, you know, that's something you and me discuss is that those veterans coming out, you already have it. You already, you don't, it's not something else that you have to apply for or anything. You can immediately start going and applying for those positions that require security clearance. And you have a one-up on all those people who might've expired or might still be in the process of getting cleared. Yeah. And, and this is one thing it's great about it. So when veterans separate and you have a security clearance, it's usually still good for up to two years after your separation. So you have a window. If you exceed that window, then you have to go through the process again. But it is a little bit easier because there's information on you already. Mm-hmm. And, there, and you redo it every 10 years. Um, having done few uh, security clearances myself, it's not totally difficult. You know, you just add history, you know, and, and some other information they request. And uh, boom, within a couple months, you got a security clearance. And you're good for 10 years. Um, another thing, like for those that are transitioning out, you know, it depends. So you have some enlisted people that already have a bachelor's degree like I did, but it's not in computer science. You know, it's in Mm -hmm. say just administration or business management or kinesiology, whatever the case may be. So getting the VA or getting the the education center to assist you in paying for another bachelor's is not going to happen. Uh, so you may have to look into a master's program. Uh, don't be scared. I mean, they're out there to help. They're out there. The, they're paid for. It just takes a little bit of legwork. And if you're willing to do a leg, if you really want to get in IT and make a solid career for yourself, it's it's not totally impossible. I did it. I was able to do it while yeah. working a full-time job, instructing, teaching classes of 40 students from 5 in the morning to 7 p.m., uh, 
seven days a week, weekends off, maybe, and then doing it all over again and still doing my coursework. At that time when I was in, I was taking two or three, two to three classes every semester to try to burn through it as fast as I could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, trying to get through it kind of as, as fast as you can. And, and even yourself, I mean, um, we talked that, uh, cause I had asked you, you know, how you got to kind of got connected to Cyberry and you said the first time you took your sec plus test, you failed, which yeah. I believe is the standard for most people. I believe most people failed on their first attempt. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, that failure, um, talk about a gut punch cause I felt ready. But that was really my first IT certification I took. And uh, I learned a lot from it. Um, I studied the course material. I watched YouTube videos. But where I did fail was not taking practice tests. And I'm not talking about these bootleg uh, question test banks people provide you. Stay away from those. Stay away from those. And Cyberry has some amazing practice tests on there. There was one they had on there at the time. I think it was from Kaplan, which is now CyberVista. Um, and I would just burn through those questions. I made sure I understood what I got them, why I got them right, why I got them wrong. And uh, it, it it hit me hard, like my first failure, because not many people, people don't like to fail. So it took me a little bit to, to re-up and sit down and take it again. I think it was almost a year after my initial failure, I went in to sit, take it again, and I passed with flying colors. It, I went in there and walked out with the certification. Yeah. And I mean, it's before you take an actual test, um, if you haven't taken, you know, like any legitimate practice test or something like that, you just, you don't know what the questions are going to look like. You don't know what they're going to ask or what you need to be focusing on or, you know, what's actually going to come up. You're just, you kind of have all this knowledge in your head. And yeah, I mean, that's why a lot of people kind of fail usually the first time is you're just not, you don't know what you need to know yet. Yeah, exactly. And uh, after that, like once you get that first certification under your belt, uh, it sets a standard for you. You know how to plan for a certification test. Mm -hmm. You know what you have to do to be successful. And after I did that one, I was, you know, I did a lot of research and people were like, hey, why don't you try the CISSP? And knowing the CISSP is one of the major industrial IT certifications out there, I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And as a veteran with still having remaining a GI bill left, uh, I was able to have the uh, the VA pay for a boot camp. So all I had to do was play for my plane ticket. So I flew out to Philadelphia, stayed there a week. Uh, the boot camp, the VA paid for the boot camp and hotel. And I sat through a six day CISSP course. And uh, I felt I felt that I knew all that information, like it was a lot to take in. Again, they say mm-hmm. it's a, um, a mile wide inch deep of information. And, uh, and there we ran into another uh, issue with failure. Um, I <laughs> sat down and I failed my first attempt at the CISSP. Uh, well, that is not a shocker. Um, I know there's multiple people who work here at Cyberry who failed that uh, specific test a couple of times. So uh, you're in good company for sure. Oh yeah. And it, it was, and again, like I, I prepared correctly. Um, I I let uh, I let the the size of the test, how big and important it is, I let that get the best of me. So mm-hmm. I went in there and I knew the information. I knew it. I swear to this day, I knew the information, but uh, it just wasn't my day. Yeah, I mean that that's part of it. Sometimes it's just not you know you're not in the right mindset or you you know you got a terrible night's sleep or something like that. Like there's so many different um, you know life in general 
you know, things happen. Um, so, you know, don't get discouraged if you fail the first time. If you fail the fifth time, um, you might not pass it till the sixth. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you ask anybody who's um, a nurse, um, they have to take a very intensive, like four hour test to become a nurse. And like people fail it 10, 15 times before they pass it. Like it's totally normal. Um, but once you're a nurse, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So, you know, once you pass that CISP, it's the same thing. Um, you're there with everybody else. Yeah. And the best part of that, that failure, I learned a lot about my, a lot about myself in that failure. Mm -hmm. um, because there was, there was about a two day period where I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to pass this one. And when I started this IT journey, jumping into a master's program, I had told someone who was a mentor to me at that time, like, hey, I'm diving into an IT career. And the response I got from them was, why? You don't know nothing about IT. And after I failed that test, I started to think, do I really not know nothing about IT? Like it kind of weighed a little heavy on me. But uh, through support of friends, they're like, no, nah, man, they're like, you know this. They're all like, reattack. So what I did is instead of reattempting the CISP right away, I sat down and I looked at certification paths and where can I close the gap of mm -hmm. information? So I was like, well, am I strong on networking? No. So I went and I got my network plus. I went, passed that one. Next, I went, let me try the certified ethical hacker. Pass that one. Next, tried the CYSA. Pass that one. So I was like, okay, now I've set a good pace for knowledge. I'm getting this information. Let's mm -hmm. reattack the CISSP. Uh, yep. Right in the middle of that is when I made the decision to uh, leave uh, Texas and uh, move back to California and be closer to family. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about how you got into the industry and the, your, your path that you took, all the courses and everything you took. What kind of um, advice do you have for people trying to make the change now, especially, especially veterans? I know we talked about, you know, making sure to, um, you know, utilize the resources and stuff while you're in. Um, you know, try to get the military to pay for, you know, a course or a boot camp or, you know, a, um, education. You know, what other advice do you have to those people trying to kind of make that transition? So to, to veterans trying to make the transition to IT, I have just a couple things. So the first thing is manage your expectations. You know, you have to understand, like, it's going to take work and you're not always going to get, you know, the first job. Um, you you have veterans. I mean, we deal with sometimes in the CIP community, they're brand new. They want to jump right into pen testing, but with, with you know, very limited knowledge. So the, that's a, is it unachievable? No, not at all, but it is a high expectation. But if you manage your expectations, like, hey, let's pick a job that, you know, that's fundamental base level. It's like, say, uh, a service desk, you know, mm -hmm. hey, well, let me try to obtain that job. And then from that job, you grow into the next one. So you have to build yourself up. Um, is it tedious at times? Yes, but you have to take the leap and bet on yourself as a veteran, uh, Leap as your, uh, let me rephrase that. You have to, yeah. to bet on yourself. And as a veteran, we have, you have discipline. It was instilled in this boot camp. You know, you, you have a work ethic that was, that you've had to maintain while you were in the military. If you can translate that work ethic and that discipline to your studies and to your commitment in IT within years, you can see yourself from a service desk, uh, IT technician to a system administrator or potentially to an IT management position. It could, it's there. Uh, people are looking, companies are looking for these type of people. You just got to bet on yourself. And then if you have 
any questions, there's tons of resources. There's tons of veteran communities out there. Uh, Cyberary is a good one. We have a veterans channel where we discuss um, different resources veterans can use, you know, to to build up on, upon key skills or what's the best certification certification path or I'm torn between networking and security. Which path do I take? Uh, there's, there's communities out there to provide advice and kind of break it down to you. Like, hey, let's take what you're good at and let's let's focus it that way. Because I had a conversation with a, um, it was one of our Q&As that we host on Wednesdays. I had a conversation mm-hmm. with a veteran who was preparing to get out. Extensive management experience extensive. But he was like, well, I'm thinking about a, you know, a SOC analyst type role. I was like, okay. I'll go like, that's cool. And then we started talking and I go, he's like, I've managed for the past 10 years. I go, well, have you ever thought about an IT project management role? Mm-hmm. And it like a light bulb popped in his head. He's like, no, I go, you're built for it. And then he's like, well, I want to be able to do these keys, you know, to do these functions. I go, there's nothing saying as a manager, you can't. I go, that's how I learned a lot of my skills by shadowing my technicians, asking technicians questions. Um, I don't know everything. I'm there to learn. I'm always going to be in a state of learning, either as management or as an IT technician. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked about it. He's like, he never thought of it that way. And he's like, yeah, maybe I, mean, I should pursue management. Yeah, that's something, uh, a quote that I pulled when we were talking offline um, that you said, who says you can't develop key skills as a manager? Exactly. Um, like- you know, you absolutely can. Like you said, you might not know everything, but your team might. And so you can always ask questions. You can always, you know, fill in those gaps because even everybody on your team doesn't know everything. Yeah. You know, person number one might know more than person number five, but person number five might know something that person number one doesn't. So yeah. it's just kind of utilizing your team and their expertise to kind of help yourself. Yeah, we, we all, on the team, we all fulfill different roles for a different position. You know, you have a network administrator who, you know, takes care of your network. You have a mm-hmm. system administrator who takes care of, whether it's be your operating systems, servers, whatever the case may be. You have your desktop specialist, and then you have your manager. We all have different skill sets, and there's nothing saying you can't learn from each other. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's, if veterans, you know, going with that mindset, they're really going to, they're really going to take off in an IT career. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the the Slack community. Um, for those that uh, are on Cyberry, and if you haven't signed up, make sure to sign up um, for Slack and join the community. Um, there's a bunch of mentors in there and instructors that can help you. Just like Tim said, um, there's a bunch of different channels. There's one specifically for veterans to help you out, um, ask any questions, get those answered. Um, so make sure to kind of utilize those tools as well. Absolutely. And another thing about the Cyber platform, you, I, this was another question actually I got yesterday. Um, a student was asking, how do I develop key skills? I don't have, I can't get a job. I've only been studying this for five years. I go, well, what makes you, you don't have to have a job to develop key skills. I go, mm-hmm. you have a computer home. I go build yourself a virtual lab, you know, and Cyber. And I, I really, really enjoy uh, one of the vendors we have is InfoSec Learning. They have phenomenal labs on there. And I tell students, yep. well, go, go jump and do some lab time, you know, on a Saturday morning, go in, hey, I want to do three labs today. And don't just do them once, do them numerous times. Make sure you're gra- grasping the information and you can get, obtain those key skills. Those key skills can translate mm-hmm. to a resume. And I go, and they're like, well, really? I go, yes, you, you don't need to hold a position. Just show the knowledge that you're, you're doing the work. 
that you're putting in the knowledge. So when you go to an employer, they ask you, you have, you know, fundamental knowledge of what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, great. And I know um, as you were kind of listing some resources, is there any way for people to contact you if they kind of want to reach out to you, ask you any questions or anything like that? Is, do you have any social media or anything you'd like to share? Um, they can all join. Uh, they can all reach and uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn? Basically, that's okay. Tim, Timothy Ramirez. Uh, for the CIP users, uh, my Slack handle is uh, Tim Ramirez. They can catch me on there. And okay. uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, we'll make sure to include your uh, LinkedIn, um, a link to your LinkedIn uh, in our uh, show notes on the podcast. And then if you're on the YouTube version, it'll be down in the comments below or in the description. Um, but yeah, Tim, I um, wanted to go over just some other questions. Uh, we had one viewer question come in and then I had some fun questions I kind of wanted to, to run by you um, before we kind of close out the episode. Um, does that sound good? Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Um, well, our uh, one community question comes from Nafiz Al-Assad. Um, he says, I'm a software tester with nine years of experience and I'm currently serving as a lead test engineer. I would love to know how I can prepare myself for switching my career to cybersecurity. What are the opportunities I have with my current experience and position? And what is the career path I should take? So my advice to him, given his knowledge uh, as a software tester, a lead for that, for that uh, matter, I would say start off with the SOC Analyst 1, but if you feel that the information is, I know this, I got this, this is, you know, kind of just a refresher, then I would say jump right over either to the second level of SOC analyst or even better, uh, cybersecurity engineer. Uh, you have that software development, software testing uh, experience, and it may translate over to a cybersecurity engineer pretty well. Okay. Um, well, yeah, thank you. Thank you, um, Nafiz, also for uh, sending in that question. Um, now moving on, Tim, um, after kind of moving and switching into IT and cybersecurity, have you become the de facto IT person for your friends and family and your veteran buddies? Actually, for, for my friends in Texas, uh, yes. Uh, one of my but, uh, best friends, his wife contacts me uh, quite frequently in regards to my monitor's not working. How come this ain't working? And usually we'll do a, a FaceTime and we'll walk her through uh, different things. And yes, I'm talking about you, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, when you're FaceTiming, does she, does she at least kind of switch the camera back and forth or is it just always on uh, at least uh, she, front facing camera? <laughs> she, keep, she keeps it on the camera, on, on the computer itself so I can see. And usually okay. it, it's, it's, it's a pretty easy, uh, fix yeah. most of the time. <laughs> um, well, great. Uh, so Texas has come up a lot in this conversation and San Antonio specifically, for those who don't know, the air force's basic training takes place in San Antonio. Uh, I'm actually from San Antonio, so I just kind of want to throw some San Antonio questions at you, Tim. Um, first off, what is your favorite restaurant in San Antonio? That is a great one, but I would say my I don't have a favorite restaurant per se, but I have favorite food. And my best friend, uh, his wife, Jen Witherspoon, makes the most amazing mini tacos. Okay. Those, Those take, like street style tacos or? Kind of in a sense, like street style tacos, but they're homemade. So you can't beat homemade. Yeah, yeah and true. Those are, that is probably my famous next to uh, my friend Nick's brother, Matt, who is just a phenomenal, uh, you put him behind a grill and he can make anything from pork ribs to, I remember once he made, he went on a fishing trip and brought back a uh, shark. And he ended up making that with the special seasoning. 
and it had like a Cajun feel to it. But anything them two make, that I'm gonna say those are my favorite places to eat is their houses right there. <laughs> okay, well, um, once we're off mic, I'll uh, have to get their address so I can just show up and ask for food next time I'm home. I'll let them um, know you're coming. <laughs> thanks, I appreciate it. Always looking for a good meal. Um, so I'm guessing while you're in San Antonio, you probably visited the Alamo at least once. Uh, a few times. Yeah. Were you disappointed the first time you saw it? Yeah. Cause it, it's, <laughs> you expected more like, Oh, the Alamo. And you're like the Alamo. All right. Yep. Yeah. Cool. For anybody who hasn't been there, uh, what you're picturing in your head is probably some giant building and like a, uh, whole setting of stuff. Um, it's a, it's a very small front of a building, uh, that's in the middle of downtown, um, that's right across from other tours things, you know, like uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but that's the thing that I hear the most is that people are like, that's it. This is it. This is the whole remember the album. It's like, yep, that's it. <laughs> and that's one place I never did with the whole, you know, my the whole time I was in San Antonio, I never visited Ripley's, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, you you don't have to. They have yeah. them everywhere and yeah. they're probably all the same. No, no shame, Ripley's, but uh, that's not why you're there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm guessing being in San Antonio that whole time, you're just a giant Spurs fan, right? You just have all Spurs gear, jerseys everywhere, Tim Duncan all over your walls. Actually, I upon moving into San Antonio, wasn't into basketball. And uh, once I got there, you know, everyone's Spurs. But my football team is the Philadelphia Eagles, and I listen to a lot of their radio, and they would okay. talk about the Sixers. So I have adopted the Sixers as my basketball team. And the, okay. the, the uh, one, team, one time I did go watch them play in San Antonio, uh, yeah, the Spurs spanked them, killed them by like 30 points. <laughs> uh, yeah, it happens pretty frequently. I'll, I'll let you slide on the, on the Sixers. Uh, my best friend growing up, his family was from Philadelphia, so they were always rooting for the Sixers. Uh, grew up during you know, the Allen Iverson uh, phase and everything, so uh, it was always fun watching them. And we always went to a bunch of Sixers games when they were in town. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, thanks, uh, Tim, for kind of taking the time and speaking with me and especially talking directly to our veterans users, because I know that, um, you know, as a veteran yourself, somebody that, you know, you just want to make sure that they're getting all of the opportunities that are available to them. Absolutely. Uh, so to to my active duty who are getting ready to transition out, um, visit your education center. Uh, look, you know, utilize your GI Bill, utilize that certification stipend they provide you um if you're preparing to get out if you already have a uh a bachelor's degree ask them about the yellow ribbon program that pays for a private school out of state school or a graduate school and that's how i was able to pay for my master's degree and still have some some of my gi bill funding left over to fund boot camps and to fund certifications so start asking those questions whether you're two years out a year out six months out uh start asking those questions don't rely on someone to provide you the information. You have to go get it. Um, also, another thing I, I failed to mention during the podcast was for those that are getting out, um, I believe they have this program called uh, Vet Tech. It's a veterans tech. It's like a veterans tech um, uh, funding assistance that comes around once a year. And if you're not ready to get to work and you want to go straight to school. Uh, that's another viable option. A lot of them pay for those who want to get into programming and coding. Uh, a lot of schools accept uh, that vet tech funding. Uh, but once it comes out, you have to jump on it because the funds do run out. I believe I just got an email. Uh, the funding just ran out uh, earlier this month. 
but the commitment is is long. It's usually a eight or a sixteen week commitment, but they do take care of you while you do it, and you get some essential skills. A lot of these schools offer, hey, we can put you in a job right after you complete it. So look out for that vet tech funding. It's out there for those transitioning out. Um, and uh, veterans, Cyberry. Cyberry is a, a great place to go for resources. We have career paths, uh, virtual labs, testing, and we have a mentor, a mentor program. People like myself and other veterans and other IT professionals out there to help you and guide you, answer your IT questions and get you to where you want to be. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Um, yeah. Thanks for recommending all those resources and, and speaking directly to the veterans. And, and thank you, um, all our veterans listening uh, for your service. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the the time, Tim. Um, thank you again for speaking with me and, and going over everything and uh, make sure to check out all those resources, everybody, if you're looking to make that transition. All right. See ya. All right. Thank you. Cybrary, the premier cybersecurity skill development platform, is empowering individuals and teams to secure the future of technology. See why 3 million people have already signed up when you visit www.cybrary.it.